Hello, and welcome to the From the Rafters podcast, hosted by Pat Flynn, VP of Business Development at Varsity Partners. Varsity Partners is a creative consultancy that strengthens the relationship between universities and their fans through brand, venue, and partnership solutions for athletic departments across the country. Really excited about our guest today, talking to a guy that's been at various organizations in pro and college sports, major brands, and is now taking over in his first year as the executive director of the Football Bowl Association. Welcome, Nick Carparelli. What's up, Nick? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking to you. Now, you've got some of the most unique, incredible experiences across college and pro sports. New England Patriots, Notre Dame football, Big East Conference, Under Armour, the list goes on. Um, and you're in your first year as FBA Executive Bowl Director. But first and foremost, Nick, how's quarantine been? How you doing? Well, probably probably not much different than everybody else. You know, spending a lot more time at home than I like to. Haven't been able to travel. Um, cer- certainly some positives in there, though. I have two boys that are in high school, and uh, this summer was was great in terms of spending a lot of time with them. Uh, it's interesting. They've they've been in full swing with travel baseball all summer. Um, they're, they're all high school sports have been canceled for the you know the rest of the year, but they're still playing in a high school based uh, fall basketball league. They're doing travel baseball, so it seems seems to be some contradictions in there, just like uh, you know everything else with this pandemic. But uh, it, things are going well. Cullen here. That's good to hear. Um, so currently, you're the executive director of the Football Bowl Association, but but let's quickly talk about some of those past stops. You've been the senior associate commissioner of the Big East. Uh, you're in the same role with the American Athletic Conference, and, and then you went on to become the senior director of college sports at Under Armour. Are there any specific experiences from those that that stand out to you, and how did those roles prepare you for today? Yeah, well, they they were all great experience. I've been very fortunate in my career to to have great jobs working for great sports brands. You've mentioned them all. They're very uh, known and recognizable throughout the sports industry, and, and they all have a brand that that people identify with. Uh, so I've, I I I think the you know I think everybody's strength really comes from the accumulation of all their experiences, the good and the bad, uh, and you you take away uh, something from every one of them. And as you get older and more experienced, it formulates who you are, and you just become better, better and better. You know, from in terms of the, the brand uh, perspective, you know, I could, you know, I've learned something from each of the brands I've worked for, but, you know, probably the best example I can give, and I, and I use this story frequently, uh, that, that speaks to the power of a brand is, is at the Big East Conference when, when I was a part of two major conference realignments. Uh, one of them was when we we lost uh, Miami, Virginia Tech, and Boston College to the ACC, and we added Louisville, South Florida, Cincinnati, uh, uh, Marquette, and DePaul on the basketball side. But then, it, but then more importantly, later on, when when the Big East basketball only schools separated from the group and went their own way, so Big East football went away, um, and Syracuse was no longer part of the Big East. Pittsburgh was no longer part of the Big East. Louisville, who had come on in later years, uh, was gone. 
So I, there was a lot of uh, doom and gloom around the, this new Big East that was the, that was uh, consisted of the smaller Catholic-only schools. But the fact that they kept the Big East name, which was a big part of their negotiation with the exiting schools, and it cost them a little bit of money, but the Big East name had so much brand equity in it that a year later, when the Big East tournament showed up at Madison Square Garden again, uh, and the casual basketball fan, even the avid basketball fan, all the guys that worked at Wall, on Wall Street and, and made it their routine to go to, the, go to the Big East tournament with their buddies every year, all they knew was that the Big East tournament was back. They might not have known who was in the league exactly, but the teams that came into the league really stepped up and were competitive, Creighton, Xavier, Butler. Um, and the existing teams, Providence elevated themselves, Seton Hall elevated themselves, and then, of course, Villanova won two national championships. The, the power of that brand brought the fan back. Uh, and when they showed up, they, show, they saw great basketball in a great environment at, at Madison Square Garden like they always had. And, and, the, and the conference maintained great value. Uh, I believe that if that group of basketball schools had left the conference like they did, but had to take on a new name that nobody knew of, uh, they would have struggled to to uh, maintain the level of exposure uh, that they had under the Big East name. So that's that's an example I often give of the power of a brand and how it can it can elevate a group of schools in a way that they couldn't do on their own under a different name. Yeah, that's a great example of the power of a brand and really cool that you're able to be a part of that. With your current job, what is it that you exactly do as the executive director of the Football Bowl Association? You know, at its core, you know, I work for the the 42 bowl games and uh, the bowl system is just that. It's a system. You have 42 bowl games that are independent uh, enterprises. They each have their own brands, uh, some of which have been around for 75 or 100 years and are very, very strong. Uh, but they're part of a system. Uh, there's 10 uh, uh, major conference uh, football conferences that supply teams to those games. The NCAA uh, does not uh, govern the bowl system, but they have a role in, in rules and eligibility and, and all of that. Uh, you have the college football playoff, which uh, borrows two, two of my bowl games every year for their semifinals. Uh, and then, and then <laughs> stages a, a separate championship game after that. So, it's a complicated system with a lot of stakeholders and it simply needs somebody to oversee it and make sure it all works. So that's my role at its core. But what we're hoping to do uh, is to make it more of a mainstream sports brand. I mean, no one, everybody knows uh, and loves college football bowl games, but most fans have not heard of the FBA. They probably don't know what those initials stand for unless you spell it out for them. Um, but we feel that the, the, that the bowl season that occurs every year in late December, early January, is has just as prominent of a place on the American sports calendar as March Madness does, as all the pro playoff seasons do, October baseball, et cetera, um, that, that there's an opportunity to brand it a little bit uniquely uh, in a way that's never been done before and help us promote the system as a whole. So we're, 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 we're in, uh, in the process of investigating how to go about doing that. And, and, uh, and we hope to make it uh, the, the sports entity and the sports brand that it, it deserves to be at some point down the road. That's really cool to hear, Nick. I mean, you know, we know a person in your position, you've got so many priorities, especially now. The fact that you still have, you know, brand, building that brand as, as a priority is, is encouraging to hear. So anything you can give us now as kind of a uh, 
sneak peek to what you're looking at for, for building that FBA brand? Well, you know, it's still a work in progress, so we're still a ways off um, from from revealing anything, even even if we could. But I, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is I think it's it's similar to any any brand. It's you, you need to, um, you know, from a public relations standpoint, you need to promote yourself and you need to speak um, speak to the the fans uh, and the media about who you are and what you stand for. But in order to do that, you have to know who you are yourself. Uh, a brand really stands for, you know, who you are, what, what you do, uh, and what your goals and objectives are. And without a solid brand, without a strong name, uh, visual identity program, it, it's hard to speak uh, in the abstract about uh, a group of bowl games uh, when really it is a system. It, it may be a complicated system. Uh, but it is a lot more organized than the public thinks. It's a, a system that occurs at the same time of the year that, that, that people love and look forward to. You know, we will certainly, we will have a, a big launch when the time comes of this new brand, uh, but uh, there's still a lot more work to be done. Really exciting. That's awesome. You know, obviously you're, you're not even a year into the role. What have you learned so far? What have, what have you learned? I know you've, you've got a really strong network. But what have you learned from your members, um, you know, thus far? I've learned this along the way at, at pretty much all of my stops. But th this this particular role at this particular time has probably reinforced it more than any other situation could. And that's when you when you're working for a group of people, whether you're commissioner of a conference or whether you're you're leading a group of bowl games. You know, you can't operate in a silo. You know, building consensus is critical. Because people always will always find fault with something you're doing, and, and oftentimes it's those who are the least informed, it's those that are least involved in the process. So um, you're seeing you're seeing some major conferences right now with some new leadership struggling with that a little bit, and it's nobody's fault. It, it, it's just a, a unique situation to be leading a group of individual entities, whether they be universities or bowl games or, or businesses and you're trying to get them all moving in the same direction, they all need to feel a part of it. They all need to be heard. You're never going to make a decision that makes everybody happy. But if your process is sound and you include everybody in the process, uh, you have a great chance of everybody accepting the results and being on board and, and, and helping move everything in the, in the same direction. So I think the thing I've I've learned the most, it's just been reinforced with my new role, and especially in the last five months, is the importance of including uh, all of your stakeholders in the process and building consensus in every decision you make and not operating in a silo. That's awesome. Yeah. Based on our conversations, too, it's been really interesting to see the collaboration you know, between conference members. It, it's good to hear that that's also translating on the bowl side. Obviously, the college landscape is changing. What do you see the college landscape looking like, you know, a year, two years, five years out from now, you know, in relation to bowls with, you know, kind of what's going on with sponsorship, shoe and apparel relationships, you know, at a high level, what, what's, your, what's your crystal ball saying for, for what college sports and college football looks like? Yeah, that's a great question. I wish I had that crystal ball because I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, in the next few years, because, you know, college athletics is going to change. You know, I think, I think spending had escalated uh, uh, beyond what it should be, you know, for, for facilities, for uh, compensation, for people. And there's, there's more pressures now than ever 
with the new name, image, and likeness rules, and the student athletes being able to benefit from their value. And you're seeing the acceptance of gambling uh, around college sports, as well as, as, as I mentioned, the, the sponsorship of individual athletes. So those are major changes. And I think the next few years, we're going to see how that sorts out. You know, when it comes to bowl games, I think we're going to, we're going to have to stay on top of that and, and see what opportunities come our way as a result. You know, bowl games are operate under NCAA rules in a lot of ways in terms of what you can do for the student athlete and how much money you could spend and whatnot. But if the rules change for the conferences and for regular season college football, it will change for the bowl games as well. So we're going to, we're going to have to monitor that pretty closely. Yeah, definitely an exciting yet uncertain time. You've got a background that, like you mentioned, it crosses platforms of sports, professional sports, college sports. You're even getting involved in youth sports now with your sons. But you're obviously, your day-to-day is, is in college. Why college? Honestly, I, I love college sports. You know, early on in my career, you know, you take advantage of, of the opportunities that are presented to you, and I was simply smart enough to do that not turn them down when they happen. And, and, you know, my career just happened to be predominantly in the college world. So that's where the majority of my connections are, the majority of my expertise. And I think you need to challenge yourself and step outside your comfort zone, which I think I've done in my career, whether it be in, in professional football or on the brand side with Under Armour. Those jobs helped me, me learn things I couldn't have learned uh, otherwise had I stayed on a campus or working in college athletics. But I think at the end of the day, you find out where you fit best and where your strengths are best used. You know, this particular job, as interested as I was in it when it became open, once I got the job, I, I realized, you know what, I was kind of a shoo-in for it because they wanted me as much as I wanted them. So th- those are kind of the ideal situations, the ideal partnerships where both sides are mutually invested in one another. I found that if if, if there's a job that, that you really, really want badly, sure, go ahead and go after it. But if they don't want you as bad, um, you're wasting your time trying to convince them. And even if you did, you, you're probably set up for failure because it really, like any partnership, needs to be the employee and the employer uh, feeling that the marriage is, is right. So fortunately, I have that in this situation. Absolutely. And it's no surprise, you know, to the roles that you've taken you know, going from the stops that you've been has, has been obviously impressive. How do you take that balance of strategy and personal relationships that go into, you know, college sports and bring that to your bowl committee members and to the FBA in general? In terms of what I bring to the, you know, to the, the, the bowl system, again, I think it's, you know, it's things I learned at Under Armour, but it's things I learned at the Patriots and uh, working for Coach Belichick and at the Big East and at Notre Dame and Syracuse. I think it's a little bit of all of it. Um, and you find a lot of commonalities uh, when you're dealing with people. You know, people are people, no matter what you're doing and what business you're in. And they want to be heard. I think in order to build a sound strategy, you have to listen to your partners, listen to your constituents. What do they want? What do they need? And I think too many people are so caught up in just talking and talking and talking and saying everything they want to say and not enough time listening to what their constituents or what their partners want and need. And there's a balance between those two things. You certainly need to drive your agenda, but you need to do it in the context of what your partners want. And if you can blend those two things right. together, you're, you're going to have the best results. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was a witness to it. We as a team led by you, you know, we had a plan. We executed that plan and we also had fun doing it. We'll save stories about White House visits and private plane trips for, for another podcast. And just wrapping up here, Nick, I mean, I know we talked about a lot of the brands 
and we really want to hear more about the brand that you're currently building. Pizza Fridays with, with Nick Carparelli, what do, you, what do you got for us? I'm glad you brought that up, you know, and it's important to note that in our, our preliminary conversation before we went live here, I'm lucky we did that because you, you asked me about building a brand and the current brand. That's what I thought you meant. I thought you meant the Pizza <laughs> Friday brand. You know, it's, it, we're, 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 making, uh, we're making light of it, and we're obviously having, about to have some fun here, but it, it, it is a brand on a very, very small scale. It's, it's simply no question. me clowning around making, you know, I'm really into pizza. I research pizza. I've experimented with the, with the dough, the different types of flour you know, the temperature to cook it at, all this stuff. And I, everywhere I travel, I try to find the best pizza place in town and compare it. Sally's Pizza oh, in New Haven, Connecticut is the best. So that's kind of the gold standard. So every Friday, you know, I post pizza, <laughs> hashtag Pizza Friday, and it's either where I'm eating pizza or what I'm making. And my five followers tend to comment on it uh, regularly. What's, what's funny is my kids laugh at me about it but they they love they've they've actually come to love participating in it they actually really like my pizza and it's amazing places i go i'll take them to a game and i'll run into an nba scout friend of mine or a coach or whatever and they'll bring up pizza friday as you know as the first comments and my kids will look at (laughs) roll their eyes so you know brand doesn't have to be this big uh, national uh, enterprise it can be a small scale in your own home too Building bowl games, signing largest deals in college sports history, conferences, and, and you're talking to, you know, your peers and professionals, and they're asking about Pizza Friday. Yeah, well, who awesome. doesn't like pizza? It's an easy That's sell. right. That's right. Well, this was awesome, Nick. Really, really can't thank you enough for the time. It, it was great to hear kind of what you've been up to and, and your strategy and grateful for your friendship and, and grateful for our business connection. Same here, Pat. You and I met uh, when I took the job at Under Armour and you were reported to me. And so we had a professional relationship first, but you and I became friends uh, very quickly and then we keep in touch and it's very special to me. So thank you for that. Same here. Same here. Nick, thanks again. Had a blast. We'll talk soon. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to From the Raptors podcast by the consultants that create Varsity Partners. I'm your host, Pat Flynn, checking out. We'll see you next time.